The state of Georgia was slowly succumbing to federal immigration laws, some communities slower than others. Anderson Cooley, a small city north of Atlanta, was one of the slower ones, possibly the slowest in the state. Church pulpits dictated the moral and ethical lives of the small city's 50,000 souls, and integration was not part of the message. Molly Williams was born in Anderson Cooley in 1959, the only child of Jebediah and Victoria Williams. Every Sunday she went with her parents to morning and evening services at the church where the town's leading citizens and their pampered offspring went. On Wednesday, she and her mother went to evening prayer services. Her father worked late that night, but took his Bible to his office, where he participated in a staff Bible study. On Friday nights, Molly and her friends went to young people's prayer and Bible study, followed by cookies and soft drinks. Molly loved the Friday night meetings because Robert Baxter, the best-looking and most popular boy in grade 11, was always there. Although he was a year older and a grade ahead, after a Christmas concert rehearsal, he asked to drive her home. Though she knew she shouldn't, the Baxter family was the richest and most powerful family in Georgia. Her parents held them on a pedestal almost as high as the ones reserved for the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were always raving about how smart and generous the Baxters were. He took her to a small lake cabin his family owned. Nothing would happen, she told herself. They had signed abstinence pledges. Nothing did happen that first night, other than a couple of innocent kisses and wonderful hand-holding. She thought her insides would explode. The second night, the kisses lasted longer, and she pushed her body hard against his. He ran his hand down her back to the roundness of her buttocks and held her close. She groaned and didn't want to stop. The third night, they didn't stop. Then, every night for the next two weeks, she gave herself to him totally, willingly, gladly. After Christmas, they tried to cut back on their trips to the cabin because her parents had started to ask questions. However, they couldn't stop. They started cutting Tuesday afternoon study classes and leaving early from Friday night Bible study, always getting Molly home before her ten o'clock curfew. She had never been in love. Was this love? even though they were sinning and going against God's laws? Yes, this was love. She knew in her heart that she loved him. He was warm, kind, and caring. She would love him forever. She began to fantasize about spending her life with him, a perfect couple, a perfect marriage, a perfect family. Then, in February, she told him she missed her period, and he changed as fast as peach blossoms falling from their branches. She had thought he was different but he wasn't. He was like the rest of the Baxters, cold, ruthless, uncaring. No, it can't be. He loved her. Maybe he hadn't heard. She said it again. I missed my period. He stared out the cabin windows at the lake. Did he even know what it meant? Surely he couldn't be that naive. He'd led a sheltered life. They both had. But everyone knew what a missed period meant. Even two teenage Bible-toting, Bible-quoting kids sworn to honor abstinence until marriage. It means I'm pregnant. So why tell me? He gave her a cold, sidewise glance. 